Chris Olave is destined for a huge year two. Three bold predictions for this upcoming season. And the Saints have a really weak QB schedule. Does it matter? I'll explain why it does right here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. What is up, Huda Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. I'm your host, Chris Vogel. I hope you guys are enjoying your Monday. I hope you have a very good Labor Day. Enjoy uh, what might be the last full week of summer before it ends. Um, but while you're doing it this morning, if you are listening, I really do greatly appreciate it. And as always, this program is brought to you by Scott Vicnair Injury Lawyers. Have you been injured in any kind of accident, car, truck, 18-wheeler, or hurt offshore? Scott Vicnair handles it all. You can give him a call at 504 504- 500-1111 for a free consultation. They'll always fight for the win. I hope everyone's having a great morning here uh, on this September 4th. We are only six days away, six days away from the Saints season opener against the Tennessee Titans. And while we're talking about the season opener, let's talk about the schedule in general. There's been a big discussion on social media the past couple of days about the Saints QB schedule. It is... Not very strong, I would say. So let's go through the quarterbacks they're going to have to face. Obviously, week one, they'll have to face Ryan Tannehill when they play the Titans. Week two, Bryce Young, there's a rookie. Week three, Jordan Love, his first year as a starter. Who knows what you'll get there? Could be great, could be mediocre, could be subpar. Uh, Week four, Baker Mayfield. Week five, Mac Jones. Week six, another rookie in C.J. Stroud. Week seven, Trevor Lawrence. That's probably the first, I'd say, premier quarterback that they'll face on the schedule in terms of on paper. Week eight, another rookie in Anthony Richardson. That will be their third rookie meeting of the 2023 season. Week nine, Justin Fields, which is, again, explosive. We know what he brings to the table. Week 10, Kirk Cousins, a familiar face. The Saints have faced plenty of times in the past. Week 11 will be a bye before they verse Desmond Ritter in week 12. Jared Goff in week 13. Bryce Young for the second time in week 14. Week 15, Daniel Jones. Week 16, Matthew Stafford. Week 17, Baker Mayfield for the second time. And then to close it out, season finale, week 18, and what could be a very, very big game, depending on how the schedule shapes out. And it'll be a big game regardless because of the rivalry. Week 18, Desmond Ritter for the second time. So the Saints will play Bryce Young twice, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson. So four out of the 17 games will be against rookie quarterbacks. Two of those games will be against Desmond Ritter, who the Saints don't know what to get out of him because is he great? Is he subpar? Is he cut out for being a starting quarterback? We don't know. We're going to find out. That's why the games have to be played. So two of them against an unproven Desmond Ritter. One of them against an unproven Jordan Love. So seven out of the first 17 games that I've just mentioned to you guys now, seven out of 17 are against quarterbacks that are unproven. Now, Kirk Cousins, Trevor Lawrence, Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff, all respectable. Don't get me wrong. I'll even throw Daniel Jones in there, even though I think he's getting a tad too much love around these parks. So that's five right there, which means I got five games left against a subpar Baker Mayfield. That's two of those games right there. Okay. Ryan Tannehill, who is he on the downslope of his career? Is he not? We're going to find out week one very soon. Okay. And yes, I understand that there are, there are matchups that we're on the fence about. Maybe Mac Jones, does he regress to, to year two or does he go back to year one where he looks pretty solid? But even year one, the saints messed him up in new England. So Yes, it's a weak it's a weak QB schedule. I don't think there's any debate about that. Does it matter is the question. And I'm gonna be honest, guys. I, I think it does. I think it absolutely does. I know a lot of people going, oh, you know, does it really? Because Dennis Allen doesn't win a lot. I know Dennis Allen doesn't win a lot. 
I've, I've been very adamant about that on Twitter. He's technically a big-time losing coach in the NFL with his record. But last year, for the record, guys, the Saints went 7-10, and 10, which is not good. But how about the QBs the Saints faced? They faced Tom Brady twice. They faced Kirk Cousins. They faced Kyler Murray. They faced the great Joe Burrow. They faced the great Lamar Jackson. They faced solid quarterbacks in Jimmy G, Derek Carr, Matt Stafford. They would have faced Jalen Hurts if he didn't get injured. But he did. So the Saints QB schedule last year was just a who's who of really good QBs. I mean, one of the worst quarterbacks they faced was Kenny Pickett, who was a rookie. So, yeah, QB schedule does matter, and it's up to the Saints. And the reason I say it does matter is because the Saints are a defensive-led team. If the Saints weren't a defensive-led team, I would think differently of this. I'd be like, all right, well, it doesn't matter because your offense is going to be in shootouts anyway if your defense can't hold down their side of the fort. But the Saints are a defensive-led team. And when the defensive-led team like this, this roster goes up against unproven quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks, I think it bodes well for them. And what are Saints fans scared about, right? A, a mobile quarterback? If I take out Justin Fields from the schedule, and don't get me wrong, he is going to be a nightmare to defend, especially if he gets his legs moving in the positive direction early and often. Outside of him and maybe Daniel Jones, what other mobile quarterbacks are the Saints going to be tasked with being like, oh, man, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I know Anthony Richardson's mobile, but there's the added factor of him being a rookie that maybe there's a couple of throws here and there that he doesn't get away with. So I think this week QB schedule absolutely matters for New Orleans. And I, I can't wait to see if this defense does rise up to the challenge and take advantage. Because I, I do think that this, this is a very, very favorable schedule with a really nice roster. So we'll see how that all breaks down. Now, something that I don't think is up for debate, right? Because people can debate all they want is the QB schedule week. Does it favor the Saints? Even though I think it's an obvious yes. What I think a lot of us can agree on is that Chris Olave is destined for a big year two. I mean a big, big year two. Last year, Chris Olave, not great quarterback play around him. Obviously didn't have, you know, the show-stopping rookie season, you would think, but still had 72 catches, still had over 1,000 yards, had four touchdowns. Now, the four touchdowns, nothing to write home about, but again, over 70 catches, over 1,000 yards, and that was with Andy Dalton as his starter for pretty much the entire season outside of three games. So he will have improved quarterback play. That is the no-brainer reason to say he will be better. But the stats of wide receivers over the years tell you that he will be better. Now, let's start off with the basics. And I couldn't believe this number, but it is very impressive. Since 2018, 28% of second-year wide receivers level up their game. In terms of all the statistics, they leveled up. 28%. That's a big number. And I think Chris Olave is the type of talent that should slide into that 28%, no problem. But let's go one step further. How do Saints receivers do in year two, specifically Saints receivers who have played under Pete Carmichael? Let's start off with Colston. Colston, year one, 1,038 receiving yards. The following year, over 1,200 receiving yards. Robert Meacham, just 289 yards his first year. Nothing really to write home about. Second year, 722. Pretty good improvement. Brandon Cooks, 550 receiving yards in his rookie season. I know he missed six games, but 550 all of a sudden next year, that's over 1,100. 1,138 receiving yards to be exact. Kenny Stills, year one, 641 receiving yards. Year two, 931. And then we'll go with MT just for fun. He went from 1,137 yards to 1,245. And again, that isn't a huge jump for MT, but MT was also in 2017 on an offense that was running the goddamn hell out of the ball. But you knew MT was great anyway from year one. So maybe he's like the exception to the rule you put him to the side. But the numbers 
nationally tell you 28% of second-year wide receivers get better, and then you factor in that Saints wide receivers over the course of the franchise history, year two, they take that next step. And now I know Chris Olave has the talent. I know he's got a better quarterback around him, and he's got better weapons around him. Jawan should be better. Michael Thomas is finally healthy. Alvin is what I think should have a bounce back year when he's playing. Jamal's in the fold. Shahid should be better. The Saints have good you know, supporting cast around him where I think Olave should have more than enough one-on-one opportunities to make a living there. And I want to go back to one game in particular that reminded me of last year where maybe Olave's stats weren't as good as people thought they could have been. The second week of the season against Tampa Bay, this man blew past the coverage, particularly Carlton Davis, a million times. The ball just wasn't getting to him. If those passes get to him, we're probably looking at a guy who finishes the year with like 1,200 receiving yards. Again, in a year where he had Jameis for three games and Andy Dalton for 14 of them. So I think Chris Olave, without a doubt, without a doubt in my mind, is heading towards a monster year two. And I think he will be the most important Saints wide receiver. And I think he will be the best offensive player on their team. And I think it's just going to be fun to watch. I think Chris Olave will take that next step. I just, the kid is great. The kid is great. And I think for New Orleans, like I said, there's not a lot of pressure on the wide receiver position. Everyone talks about the quarterback. Everyone talks about the coach. No one talks enough about the wide receiver. And that'll give him the opportunity to kind of slide in there and, and do some damage. So I can't wait to see what he does. Obviously, a lot of it will hinge on whether or not the offensive line's doing their job. And boy, I know that they're going to be so important. I think if you did a three most important Saints players this year, Trevor Penning probably slides in that three because the offensive line is that important. But I'm, I'm, let's say they are going to be a competent line. Olave will ball out, and I can't wait to see it. So before I get into any comments you guys put in the chat, and I will pull them up in just about a couple minutes, I want to go with my three bold predictions for 2023. We can bookmark it. We can clip it. We can do whatever we want. We can look back and see if I look like a genius or if I look like an idiot. I want to look like one of the two, though. I don't want to be in the middle where we go, ah, Chris got one prediction right, two wrong. No, either I look like a flat-out moron or I get them all right. Let's start with it. Number one, Peyton Turner will have eight sacks this year. Maybe more, but I'm going to start with eight. Peyton Turner is healthy for the first time in his career. He's entering year three. A lot of Saints players, especially on the defensive side, have blossomed in year three. Think of Cam Jordan had 12 and a half sacks in year three. Trey Hendrickson had about four and a half, and that was in a rotational role. Year three is usually where these guys make their killing. And I think for Peyton Turner, it doesn't even have to matter that it's year three. All that matters is that the kid is healthy, which he hasn't been over the last couple years. So Peyton Turner's healthy. He knows that it's go time. If he plays well this year, there's a very good chance that fifth-year option gets picked up because pass rushers are at a premium. It's very hard to get them. You get Even if you pick up that fifth-year option, could the cap be bad? Yes, but man, the, the alternative is paying them a lot of money. So Peyton Turner, healthy, motivated, really, really deep defensive line, so he'll be able to be fresh over the course of a game. I'm going to go Peyton Turner has eight sacks. That would be a career year for him. Number two. Last year, the Saints were in the bottom of the barrel when it came to takeaways. Right with the Raiders, they averaged 0.8 takeaways per game. This year, I think the Saints will be top 10 in takeaways. And I think there's many reasons for it, but let's start off with the first one. Marshawn Lattimore playing more than seven games. 
He missed so much time last year. It wasn't talked about. And it wasn't his fault, right? Really, really tough injury. I couldn't even imagine going through what he went through. But he missed a lot of time. So naturally, when your number one cornerback misses a lot of time, your defense isn't going to be as good. But Lattimore will be healthy, or at least we presume he'll be healthy, which means Adebo will slide into the two. Alante can play on the outside, but you could also put him in the slot. Ugo Mati could be in the slot. Tyron Matthew picked up his game towards the end of the year very well. Does that carry over? If it does, turnover's on the way. The Saints having a more deep, uh, deeper and more explosive D-line will pay dividends. Peyton Turner making plays on the ball. Brian Brzee making plays on the ball with that ridiculous spin move he already has. Colin Saunders added to the uh, the uh, mix. Nathan Shepard added to the mix. Carl Granderson has had a really, really good August. So that can help in terms, of the pa- in terms of the pass rush being out there. Linebackers, you know the drill with DeMario and Pete Werner, what they're going to bring to the table, but they're not really high turnover forcing players. They're just really sound football players, which you need, of course. But I think the D-line being deeper, I think the secondary being healthy and the secondary having their number one guy, I think that will pay off. And also, let's look at the trend in the preseason. The Saints forced a lot of turnovers this preseason. Forced multiple turnovers against the Chargers, multiple turnovers against the Chiefs. I think that the Saints are getting back to taking away the football. And that's something they were terrible at last year. And had they were, if they were better at that, honestly, maybe it's a difference between winning another game or two. And again, I'm not blaming the defense. The offense was horrendous last year. But takeaways do matter in this league. You can be really great at limiting yards, but are you forcing extra possessions for your offense? Are you stealing possessions away? Can you do that? If you are, bodes really well for your football team. And I think the Saints will do that. And the one last thing I'll say about it before I get to all your comments, guys, Marshall Lattimore missed a ton of games last year. He comes back. Do you guys remember what he did in his first game back? It was a pick six, sealed the deal for the Saints. Saints are going to force more turnovers, especially if Marshall Lattimore is healthy. So I cannot wait to see how this unfolds. But that will be my second bold prediction. In terms of stats on it, I'm going to go somewhere in the 20s. I'll go somewhere in the 20s for the total season, which means I'd give them at least one point something turnovers per game. I'll say the Saints as a, as a whole, 26 takeaways this season. I'll say that's a comfortable number. And if we go by the numbers last year for the, for the NFL season, the number one team was the Cowboys, and that was with 33. But if the Saints get around 26, that will put them in the top 10. It probably put them close to the top five. So I'm going to go 26 takeaways this upcoming season. And you know what? When we talked about the weak quarterback schedule, that matters, guys. Weak QB schedule with a really good defense could force turnovers. It should be the recipe. So that's prediction number two in terms of being bold. Number three might be the one that I don't, I do not want. If, if out of all these three, it's the one I don't want to blow up in my face and I hope to God I'm right. But I like to bank on talent, and I like to bank on when you get screwed a couple years, you eventually get lucky. I'm going to say Michael Thomas plays in at least 10 games. And maybe this is a prediction that blows up in my face. Maybe it's me being too much of a uh, Michael Thomas stan, as the, the people say on Twitter. But he seems healthy, and they don't need him to be Michael Thomas of old. And I think that's why I feel like I can say that and feel decent about that prediction. Because last year... The Saints needed Michael Thomas to be Michael Thomas. I don't care what anyone says. They needed him to be Michael Thomas. But this year, Olave's gotten better. Shahid's gotten better. Alvin should be much improved compared to last year in terms of usage. Because it wasn't Alvin's fault. They just utilized him terribly. Jamal should help the run game. 
Taysom's still around. Jawan's going to be better. Foster Moreau's in the mix. Kirkwood should be a at least decent player for them. Maybe A.T. Perry. And improved quarterback play. I don't think Michael Thomas has to be Michael Thomas of old anymore. And I know I'm making a crazy prediction because Michael Thomas hasn't played in 10 games since the 2019 season, I believe. But I am going to go Michael Thomas plays at least 10 games. And I think the reason I feel that way is they don't have to overwork him. They don't. There might be some games that, hey, Mike's doing his thing fine. But in others, if you're if it's a ground and pound game, Mike can take a backseat if he has to. They don't need Michael Thomas to be the best wide receiver in football. They just need him to be on the field. Because I want to make this very clear. If the Saints are going to contend this year, Mike's got to be out there. And I'm not saying for the NFC South. I, I think the Saints can win the NFC South without Mike, even though I'd love to see Mike out there being part of a division champ. But if the Saints are going to shock people and take advantage of that weak QB schedule and take advantage of the fact that they're kind of flying under the radar, Mike's got to be a big part of it. So that'll be my third and final one, and I hope to God I'm right. I'm going to say Michael Thomas plays in at least 10 games. The mentality is there. The the Just being satisfied with where you're at, I think Mike is happy with the Saints right now. He loves his quarterback. I think he'll play 10 games. And, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I'll be crushed about it because nothing would bring me more joy than seeing Michael Thomas do his thing on Sundays. We, saw, we all saw last year how good he was against the Falcons in week one. And that's what made it so painful for him to get hurt again. Is like, man, he can still be that dude, but he's not healthy enough. I think that changed this year. Michael Thomas, at least 10 games. That's where I leave you on my bold prediction. Now, before I get into the fan comments for you guys, I just want to get a quick word from one of our sponsors, DraftKings. Can you believe we've had seven months without an NFL game? Crazy, right? Well, good thing that's over. NFL's here in DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't-miss offer for week one. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Check the app to see what you get. Download now and use code BOOT to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting 5 bucks. That's code BOOT only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. So let's get into those fan comments that you guys have put up so far. Uh, hopefully you guys have your own predictions or your own questions, whatever it may be. Obviously, good morning to everyone in here. Jerry says it is game week. It absolutely is game week. Six days away from the St. season over. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I think knowing that this team does have potential and knowing how last year ended where we got to the point where late in the season, it was like, the games happened, and it was tough to get excited because you didn't know if the team was going in a different direction. You didn't know if they had any yet. They probably you pretty much felt like they had no shot of making the playoffs. It made it pretty depressing. But this year, the excitement is absolutely back. So let's get into it. More good mornings from people. Hope you guys are having a fantastic Monday morning on this Labor Day. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day after this. Brian says, "Who that? Saints should easily get two ten wins." I agree. I actually had this conversation on Twitter the other day, and someone was like, why are we expecting Dennis Allen to work a miracle? And I said, I'm not expecting him to work a miracle. I'm expecting him to do his damn job and win 10 games in a favorable schedule with a roster that's ready to rock. So that's the way I see it. New Daylight Presents says, if we don't get 10 wins, my name is Pamela Anderson. <laughs> I mean, that would be a great name. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't blame you. 
Alex says, Baker may be without Mike Evans, to which makes those two games against Tampa even more favorable. Even if he is, like, we got to remember, and I'll, and I'll pull up the stats for this just to be completely accurate here. The Saints played Baker last year, and I know they lost, so, like, let me not act like I'm going to start taking a victory lap here. The Saints held Baker Mayfield to 12 of 25. 12 of 25. I, I think the days of Baker Mayfield being a really good quarterback, they, they're over. So you're going to get him two times a year. If you don't get him for the second meeting, you get Kyle Trask. Who gives a shit? Then you get Desmond Ritter two games. Bryce Young, a rookie, two games. Like, the, the schedule's there. So I understand that Dennis Allen is no Bill Belichick in terms of being a winner. But I am not going to cut him slack just because his history is bad. He's got to win 10 games in my mind and just win the division. Margaret says injuries will dictate how many we win, how many wins we'll have. I would imagine so. I'd imagine so. I mean, injuries last year decimated the Saints. So I'd hate to see it happen again. Nicole says, I went out on a limb and took him in the first round of all my fantasy drafts. I'm assuming this is about Olave since we talked about him earlier. And I don't blame you. I think Olave is destined to get into the top 10 in, in receivers. I really do. And I think like every year, there's a couple of guys that kind of get ushered out and a couple of guys that get ushered in. And if Olave is getting ushered in, who's getting ushered out? Is it a Cooper Cup? Who's banged up? Is it Devontae Adams, who I think is still great, but I don't love the quarterback fit for him because Jimmy G doesn't stretch the field. Maybe statistically, he kind of takes a back seat. Olave slides in with maybe his former Ohio State teammate in a Garrett Wilson. Brian says, saw reports saying he could win Offensive Player of the Year. I don't know if he will, but he's talented enough, but I don't know if he will. Uh, people forget how tough it is for a wide receiver to win Offensive Player of the Year. Before Michael Thomas did it in 2019, you had to go back to the 90s when Jerry Rice did it. It's so hard to do, but it is possible. Margaret says, I worry about Atlanta this year. I think they have a good team. And I think that's a definite fair concern. I actually think that, and, and I should have, I didn't put this in bold predictions because I've already tweeted it before, and I'll tweet it again before the season starts. I actually think two teams for the NFC South can make the playoffs. And I think it will be those two teams. I think New Orleans and Atlanta, if two of them make it, those would be the two that I'd say. Obviously, we know how we feel about the Saints with the, the proven roster, uh, the, the weak schedule. But I think Atlanta has a really, really good identity offensively in terms of running the football. And I think they have a pretty nice schedule as well that favors for them. So if I were to pick one team in the NFC South that kind of concerns me, it without a doubt would be Atlanta. Alex says, Olave's situation feels similar to Garrett Wilson. Both had 1,000 receiving yards with subpar QBs in their rookie years and have better weapons around them as well. Yep, better QBs, better weapons around them. They take that year to jump anyway because of experience. It makes a lot of sense. Margaret says Olave needs to improve with runs after the catch. It seemed to fit, uh, fall after he caught the ball last year. I think that's a fair concern. I think another one that people had and was the main one, catching the ball in traffic, making those catches, knowing you're going to take a big hit, but can you come down with it? And I think Olave's put on the muscle for that, and I think that will improve his game. But I also think Olave's the type of player where he gets so much separation on his routes, there, isn't, there aren't a lot of moments where he has to make those catches. But I would say that's something that he has to get a little bit better at. Nicole says, if we had a competent QB last season, he would have been offensive rookie of the year. I think that is a very, very fair statement. And it's hard to argue against that. Like Garrett Wilson is your offensive rookie of the year and his numbers were barely better than Olave's. So yeah, if Olave had a better quarterback, he probably would get it. Uh, Justin says, do you see uh, uh, do you see Saints moving on from Traquan? I hope so. I really don't know. I... I or Justin to get me cash, I should say. That's a hell of a name, by the way. Uh, do you see the Saints moving on for Traquan? I do not. I think the Saints are committed to Traquan. 
And I think the Saints like Traquan because when he's healthy, he knows his role, blah, blah, blah. I've said this a million times. I'm so tired of saying it. But that is why they like them, why they like Traquan. And I don't even I don't even agree with it to a certain extent because, like, he's never healthy. But I also don't care enough about this because he is wide receiver four. Like, I'm not going to lose my sleep over Traquan being healthy or not because if he is healthy, great. If he's not healthy, that should not stop the Saints from reaching their goals. So that's the way I see it. I get why everyone's frustrated, and I agree with everyone's frustrations because, like, he's always freaking hurt. But I, I just – I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Because he is wide receiver four, and I do think he is a, a solid football player, but he's never healthy anyway, so it's like, who cares? Not going to lose sleep. New Daylight presents us, what was the stat of your second prediction? I'm not knowledgeable with acronyms, the, the .81. Oh, takeaways per game. It was how many takeaways the Saints forced per game. It averaged to .8 because they averaged, they had less than 17 takeaways last year. Again, my math isn't great on that, but it was .8 takeaways per game. Brian says Saints really did uh, miss Lattimore. Yep, absolutely did. No doubt about that. New Daylight Presents says, I hope they use MT in a wise way with the depth we have. I agree. Don't need to make MT be an absolute, you know, unit in terms of 50 snaps a game, 50 snaps. Like, no. Use him wisely. Make sure you have him for the entire marathon, not just the sprint. Brian says, how many touchdowns do you think Michael Thomas will have? Uh... I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, maybe six or seven. Mike was never a big touchdown guy in the first place. Like his best years were nine. So I'll go six. But I could see him. He could he could shatter that if he's healthy, obviously. My bold prediction, New Daylight Presents says, Brzee, rookie of the year. I love that. I love that prediction. I don't know if he gets there because I think Will Anderson Jr. probably put up disgusting numbers, especially because Houston's going to be so reliant on him defensively. But I like that prediction a lot. That's a really good prediction. That's the perfect bold prediction right there. Alex says, my bold, my three bold predictions, Jawan leads the team in receptions, Alante leads the team in interceptions, and Pete Carmichael uses Taysom effectively. I mean, I like, again, that's the definition of bold, right? I don't think Jawan will lead in receptions just because the tight end position doesn't, but I, that is the definition of bold. I do like that. Alante leading the team in INTs is interesting because if Alante just caught the football last year, he would have led the team in INTs. He had a lot of plays on the ball, just couldn't finish it. So I really think that one is possible. He just has to make the play on it. And then Pete Carmichael using Taysom effectively. That might be your boldest of the bunch. Byron says, who that? Who that to you, my friend? Nicole says, it would be nice to have two offensive players of the year on the Saints, though. It would. Look, the Saints have enough talent that we know, we know Mike's an offensive player of the year. We know Alvin has the potential because Alvin was great for so many years. Is Derek? Probably not, but Derek is a damn good quarterback when he's on. And I hope that now that he's in New Orleans, he feels like he was kind of done wrong by the Raiders. Maybe that puts a chip on his shoulder. We get the best the best version of him, which gets into Jerry's point, which is his bold prediction. Derek Carr will have a big year as a Saints QB. I think he will have a big year. I don't know how great the numbers look because Derek's best year, take that take 2016 out, Derek's best year isn't like insane numbers. So if I take out the 32 and 13, his best year is 28 and 6, which is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. But... That isn't like the Mahomes type of numbers. But I've said this before. If Derek Carr gives the Saints 27 touchdowns and 10 picks, they're going to win at least 11 games. Like that that would be the perfect number for this type of team. Alex says, if he can stay healthy, I'd love to see at least one punt and uh, slash kick return touchdown from Shahid. Yeah, I like that a lot. I, I, I like that a lot. That's a really good one. My, my, my concern, though, 
is if Shahid is doing special teams and receiver, how much does that weigh on his body? Because remember with Deontay Hardy, Deontay was incredible at special teams, but then we saw that he could play wide receiver, and you're like, oh, he's got some wiggle to him. But you can't do both sometimes with certain guys. Now, I know Deontay was a smaller guy. Maybe he's more prone to injuries, but that's my concern with Shahid. New Daylight presents as my bold prediction. Taysom Hill scores two touchdowns as a QB on fake punts. That is bold as hell. If he gets one, I'm going to come back to this video, clip it, and I'm going to put it on Twitter to shine your greatness. Nicole says they love Traycon because he can do special teams and he's a good blocker, but the injuries, man, he's always hurt. Yep. And I think you, you kind of nailed it down to a T, Nicole. Like, that's, that's the way it is, unfortunately. Like, they know he's got a set role. They like what he does in his set role. But it's like, he's never healthy to play his set role. So it's kind of, it's frustrating in that regard. Ryan says, Jawan is really going to be a problem this year. I totally agree. Justin, to get me cash, says, my bold prediction is Saints go 4-0, then make a monster trade to run the table. Maybe a Nick Bosa, LOL, one can only wish. I don't know if they'll swing one that monster, but I actually like where you're thinking uh, for this one because, like, the Saints have a lot of cap space right now compared to what we expect them to usually have. Like, you usually expect them to, like, maybe two, three million left. Like, they have in the double digits. And I think for New Orleans, if they're playing really well and there is that trade out there, you're like, man, if we get him, he's the missing piece. They can swing it. They'll have the assets and they'll have the money to take it on. So absolutely love where your head's at right there. Now, before I get into more comments from you guys, I want to get into one more last sponsor of the show, Crystal I need to clear something up about New Orleans. While our culinary scene might be on fire, our food has never been about heat. It's always been about flavor. And this is how New Orleans does flavor. Are we clear? Crystal, how New Orleans does flavor. Once again, thank you to Crystal for being part of the program. So let's get back into a couple more comments you guys have. Whatever you have left, we'll get through them. And then we're off on our Monday. So I hope you guys have a great Labor Day after this. So uh, Brian says, I have Carr and Olave on my fantasy football team, so I'm hoping for some big points. Yeah, you're hoping for those like kind of long ball connections where all of a sudden you look back at your phone and you're like, all right, that was like 20 fantasy points for me on that one connection since you have that stack. So I think that is the way to go, by the way. If people are going to stack a QB with a wide receiver for the Saints, Obviously, Carr, your QB1, no-brainer. But I think Olave and Carr have developed that connection, and it's been brewing since May. Like, it, it is there, and I do think it's going to be a really nice a special connection, as Brian mentions in the chat. New Daylight presents us. I don't feel like that team needs more players at the moment. We just need positive references, and I hope that with 4-0, we'll have enough. Yeah, but I, I will say, if you're New Orleans, right, if you're sitting there and all of a sudden a pass rush is available, like a rental, or if you're not feeling great about your wide receivers and, you know, we'll mention for the 50th time that your Hunter Renfro's there and they want to trade for him. Like those guys could be the difference between winning it all and making the playoffs, losing, and sitting there going, man, I, I wish, I wish we made that trade. So I'm not saying it's going to happen. And I'm not saying the Saints need to make a trade. I think the Saints have more than enough to contend. But it's a, it's a nice luxury to have. And a lot of the teams now in the NFL, when they're right at that cusp of, of winning, they end up making that final trade to, to swing the uh, the tie their way. Alex says, not Saints-related, but what did you think of Colorado's performance this weekend? That game with USC in a few weeks is going to be a must-watch. Yeah, I think, first off, what can you not say um, about what Shador did? 
Shador was fantastic. 500 yards in your, your Colorado debut. Travis Hunter playing like 110 snaps was disgusting. Both concerning for him because health-wise it's not sustainable, but also incredible what he was able to do. But it's great for college football. It's great for Colorado. It once again proves that Deion Sanders just continues to win regardless of what he does in life. And then I think the important thing about the USC thing, that is going to be a shootout, an absolute shootout. Like I'm talking easily in the 30s. So um, yeah, I, I think that's gonna that, that's gonna put the 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 Colorado program back on the map in a big way. And depending on how that goes, I don't know how much longer Dion will stay at Colorado if they have games like that. New Daylight presents as Chris after the after seeing the preseason of other teams. Sorry, not Saints related. By the way, please never no one ever apologize for putting something not Saints related. You can put whatever you want in the chat. I promise you. Just don't get you know inappropriate or don't get you know too silly on me. But anything football related, life related, put it in. I don't. I don't care. I'm. I'm. I'm cool with that. Uh, anything caught your eye and could make a mini prediction of other divisions. Um. Yeah. I mean, NFC North. I weirdly kind of like the Packers to be like a nine and eight sleeper team this year because I like their young talent on defense. NFC West. I think Rams, Cardinals will be terrible. They might be in the tanking conversation, which leaves you with just Seattle and 49ers, which is good for the NFC South because maybe you could steal an extra division spot. Uh, NFC East, I don't know what the hell to make of Dallas. Like, part of me thinks Dallas's roster is great, but the other part of me is like, I think the Trey Lance thing could be a little bit of distraction in the sense that, like, does Dak feel like, well, man, they might be pushing me out of here. And if that is the case, how does he respond? Does he have a great season because of it? Or does he throw more interceptions? I'm curious about that. Elsewhere around the league, uh, NFC North, I thought the Steelers looked incredible in the preseason. Does that mean they'll have success in the regular season? I don't know, but that man, Mike Tomlin, does not go under 500. So I thought they looked really good. AFC South, um, I, I think you're just looking at the Jags probably, but I think the Titans are going to be a really, really respectable team. AFC West, I was surprised at how Russell Wilson still doesn't look like Russell Wilson. And I'm very curious to see how our former favorite coach, Sean Payton, is able to handle that. And they also got no wide receivers right now. So they could be in for a tough year, which by the way, I'm not saying you want to wish poorly on people, but if the Broncos aren't good next year, Saints have a higher second round pick. So I'm not saying I want them to lose, but I want them to lose. New Daylight Present also says, not Saints related, but did you watch LSU? Yeah, I'm going to be honest, guys. I don't feel comfortable watching an LSU team that doesn't have a nasty secondary right now. It's just weird to me. It's very weird. But... I think this is the risk you run with games like this, right? While you got like Alabama versus like middle Tennessee. If you're running the risk of playing a Florida state early in the season like that, when your team's not on their, you know, not hitting their stride, you, you run the risk of taking that early L. Margaret says offensive line is the key. If they can give Carr time to throw no bat, no doubt about it, Margaret. Absolutely agree. They got to give him time to throw. And if they do that, he'll be just fine. Uh, Justin, Justin to get me cash. Says, who scores the first touchdown for the Saints? I'm going to go with, hmm, it's a great question. I'm going to go either Jawan Johnson or Jamal Williams. Those would be my two. I'll go with Jawan, but I would not be surprised if it's Jamal. But I'm going to go with one of those two, but I'm going to go Jawan there for the first Saints touchdown. Which, by the way, love that freaking question because I can't wait to see who it is. There is that kind of excitement of who's the guy to kind of break the seal there. And get that first touchdown. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast on this Monday morning on Labor Day. I hope you have a fantastic week. 
As always, we're going to have more content, especially because it's Titans week. The season is finally here. Can't freaking wait. But thank you so much for tuning in, guys. I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your Monday. Enjoy the rest of the week. And uh, I can't wait to talk more Saints football with you soon. Post-game live stream on Sunday. It's going to be a fun one. Can't wait to talk about it with you right here on the Straight Up Saints podcast.